Dr. Veronica Anderson is an MD, and for her that means many dimensions. She's a surgeon, a mother, a black belt, and a two-time marathon runner, here to talk to you about your health, your happiness, and your world. It's Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. Welcome to Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. And guess what? I always want to give you interesting stories, and I have always a reason that I give you interesting stories. I go around, I meet all kinds of people. You know the two things that I always like to talk about are sex and weight. Okay, and why do we talk about sex and weight a lot? I talk about sex and weight a lot because when I go around and ask people what they want to know about, there's three things they basically want to know about, money, sex, and weight. Now, and guess what? Although people want to know about money, they just kind of do whatever with it. But the sex and the weight, and the two are really linked, this is the things that people want to hear about. But guess what? I met a woman in my travels, and I travel all over the place. You guys know that you know I'm just all over the country, all over the world, and I meet people everywhere because I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody. So I met this woman one day, and I don't even know how we got into this conversation. I don't know how we started talking about this. And this was a lady who was a few years my senior and just started telling me how she became a call girl over 50. And she may call it something else now, but she became a call girl. I found this to be really, really fascinating. Okay, now, you know that I'm the kind of person, I'm not necessarily big on judging people. I'm not big on judging people, but I like to hear the stories and I like to hear why people do things. So I want to introduce to you Sheila. Sheila is a professional woman with a higher degree and decided to do this not for money. Because you hear about young girls say, oh, I did it for money to put myself in school. No, that's not why she did this. She did this for other reasons. So I wanted to bring this to you because women, I want you to know what options are out there. And men, I want you to know what options are out there. And wives, I want you to know, I want men to know what options are out there too. You know why I say that? She's laughing on another. You know why I say I want people to know what options are out there? Because I believe everybody should be happy. And it's not me to judge what makes people happy. Okay, and so if Sheila makes people happy, men go for it. But wives, I also want you to know, when you're not making your man happy, there are other women out there that are glad to do it. And it's not who you think necessarily. So I want to welcome to the show Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Hi, how are you doing, Veronica? I'm very good. I want to really thank you for being with me. I want everybody to know if you're trying to Google Sheila, you can't get it because Sheila is not her real name, just like on real TV. I am protecting Sheila's identity fiercely and because she has a prof- she still is in her main profession um, and is very prominent in her main profession, actually, interestingly. So, Sheila, tell me a bit about how you decided to become, I don't know if you call it Paul Girl Paid Escort. What do you call it? How did this come about? Well, you know, I call a spade a spade, uh, a prostitute, a someone who does actual sex for money. And, you know, Veronica was always a fantasy of mine, even as a younger girl. Of course, I never believed it would ever happen. But then in my mid-50s, uh, freshly divorced, moved from the West Coast, 
Um, I I really don't want to be a music teacher or a substitute teacher anymore or, uh, you know, an interior decorator. I used to have my own store. Uh, What, you know, I saw an ad on the back of the weekly entertainment that said, call girls, you know, make 5000 a week. And I thought, God, am I really old enough at this point and wise enough to check in with my body to do exactly what I want, to take care and be healthy, and really have such an exciting profession as meeting my own learning in my own self with every gentleman that knocks at my door. Interesting. Oh, are you with me? Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you said, you read this thing, it said make $5,000 a week. And I got to tell you, and I want to tell my audience something just interesting about myself. Back in 2008, I had my come to Jesus moment. Okay, now you know I jumped out of my church, so this wasn't a religious experience where I saw Jesus and he came down and struck me with lightning. I'm in my office. It breaks that Elliot Spitzer has this relationship with this call girl. And he paid her the discount rate of a $5,000. That was the discount. He was known for being a cheapio because he only wanted to pay $5,000. That was the day, folks, that I felt absolutely, utterly stupid because I've never been paid $5,000 to do anything. Now, I have an Ivy League degree, and I graduated from medical school with honors. And people in my office fight with me over co-pays. And guess what? One patient didn't pay my bill. We reported him to the credit agency. He sued me for the bill that he owes. And I ended up having to pay him money. Okay? Do you understand why us women have fantasies about being called girls? I want to share that with you. I want America to know why I left medicine. Okay? And I want America to know that when I was in the CNN studio last week watching Parker and Spitzer being filmed, okay, because I was in the theater studio watching this. I was thinking about how Elliot Spitzer was rewarded for using the call girl and what kind of message was he sending to his daughters and the women of America about what we think things are worth. And so I just had to share that with you. It's a personal story. I tell people I decided when I saw the call girl getting paid more. So you're saying $5,000 a week, and I'll just let you guys know as a doctor, it was really hard and virtually impossible for me to net $5,000 a week to put in my pocket, okay? Mm -hmm. This is what's Mm -hmm. happening in medicine today, and people still think we're wealthy, but guess what? It is hard to net $5,000 a week with my degrees when I'm taking care of you, operating over you, with lawyers huffing down my back, okay? And so guess what? When I looked at Elliot Spitzer's call girl, I felt like she was the smart one and I was the stupid one. So guess what? When I met (laughs) Sheila... I was fascinated and I wanted to know how she did it. Okay, so tell us more, Sheila. You moved, you're in midlife. You decide, you see this, you had a fantasy, and you decided mm-hmm. to live this fantasy. What happened next? Well, you know, Veronica, I felt like I was mature enough to really step in, like I knew myself and trusted myself well enough to take care of myself and be healthy in it. And I, I it was. You know, I knew I was stepping over a big line. Like, you know, my tombstone could say, Sheila, prostitute. You know, I mean, something irreversible. But on the other hand, after just even a few weeks of experience, I just realized 
it was sexual healing. It was sexual, authentic communication, and I was a natural at it. And so even even though it was kind of a short life of just several months before I got into writing books, doing seminars, weekend retreats, couples, workshops, um, I didn't know there was any other doorway into, you know, authentic sexual learning. Um, and so that was it. I took the big plunge. I didn't make 5000 uh a week, but I certainly made good money. And I certainly had wonderful time dressing up, playing good music, dancing, and doing it my way for okay, the first so time me, in me, my life. I got to know, you did you go through an agency? Yes, I thought for sure I'd be murdered if I went out on my own. So I thought I needed, you know, the protection of the of an agency, which I don't really think they really do much. You just have to have your own skills and radar out there. But uh, yes, I, so I went through an agency, but then I built my own website and really became more like of a healer so I could do more of what I wanted to on my terms, actually charge more and have better clients. Wow. So you just brand, see, I told you this was a smart woman here. Okay. So now (laughs) I need to know, because this is just, I'm I'm mortified thinking about it. What was it like the first time that you did it? I mean, because I feel like I'd be saying, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm in the abysses, and, you know, I left my church, and, you know, they always thought that I'd do something like this, and, oh, here I am, and now I'm a prostitute. Ah." What was it like that first time? What was the first time like? Oh, my God, Veronica. I mean, I knew I was making one of the hugest big steps in my life, so my picture went out over the internet with this ad, and they wrote the ad for me. I wanted it to be completely different, but they kind of make it generic. And of course, they lied about my age for 10 years so I could seem feasible. I tell you, that first call was like, well, you know, would they know this was my first call? I tried to act really, I was kind kind of scared, and I wanted to make sure that they knew that when they came here, they were going to do it my way. Well, that's really actually kind of a turn-on to a guy because they're expected to know everything, and then when they come with a woman who's willing to express herself, it's great. When he showed up at my door and I opened it up, my heart just melted. Everything I'd ever heard about a John or somebody who would do this, you know, go see a prostitute, I knew that was as untrue as about everything I'd ever heard about a prostitute. And there we were, looking at one another, just as honest as could be. And um, he wanted to take a shower. Now, let me just ask, was, was this guy married or single? You know, he was a young man. I believe he was single. And... I just I found out what he what he wanted to do is he's never taken a naked shower with anyone. And it's so because five years after uh my my practice I got to see him again and I asked him if he's got to shower with other women since our last shower and he said no. Huh, that's interesting. Because I think and so it's important these experiences that they have and that they learn to communicate and, and ask for what they want. So you're finding that men are not asking for what they want. I I think both people kind of, I think there's so much clouded shame that it's really hard to look at one another and express in your heart your desires. 
and look at your desires, just as curiosities, almost as innocent as children, and be willing to express them and hear a yes or no equally in stride, but be, be true to what's going on with you at every moment. And I actually think that that's what prostitutes can help you with. Yeah, they interesting. They don't have baggage with, you know, and they, and they can... It was good for me to practice that myself. I mean, I've been married for 22 years, you wow. know, and, and just with one man that whole time. And so I, I became so much more honest moment by moment in my work than I had in my marriage. So now the, the question is, when you were seeing these different men, because it sounds like you built a practice, okay, what percentage huh? of them were single versus married? about half and half. So 50-50. So huh? what were the reasons that they came to you? When you see married men who are coming to you, what was the main reason that they're, the married men are coming to you? I think they're coming because, uh, not really for sex so much or excitement and sex, they're coming to really be seen and heard for authentically who they are, somebody that won't judge them and that will really that they can be authentic with. Now, did you find that when you say judge, did you find that um, the men came from particular types of backgrounds? Like, you know, I always talk about the married men dating thing. And when I get a married man who approaches me, the first thing I ask him after that is, are you Catholic? (laughs) So did you notice um, any demographic uh, commonalities between the married men that were coming to you? No, across all lines. So just all types. And were, did, did you find any of them where their wives knew they were doing this, or was this always something that was a secret of theirs? Um, um, remember, I moved quite rapidly from that into building my own website and becoming more of a sex coach, intimacy coach. And in that case, uh, but there's still very few of the wives knew that the man was seeking me. And uh, I thought that was okay because I think we all deserve ecstasy. We all deserve pleasure, and we all deserve somebody that can be honest with us about our bodies. Um, but um, basically, I just think if somebody isn't happy in a marriage, Veronica, probably the other person isn't either, and they both kind of need to fine-tune it. Interesting. Well, this is Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. I'm talking to Sheila, and obviously I can't tell you what her website is. <laughs> I, I like to plug people's websites, but this is a case where we are going to protect Sheila's identity. But if you want to hear more about this um, this going on, you know I always have a good article with good other resources in it for men and for women because I want I believe people should be happy. And I want to talk more about the people should being happy. Um, but before that, I want to hear about now the single men that come to you because to me, if you're single, why do you need to go to higher sex? Why can't you just go out and get it? You know, Veronica, I think I think married or single, some of the main reasons why men come to me is lack of confidence. They've had a relationship which was silly steering or a woman that was kind of kind of rough on them in a way, uh, and they've lost their confidence in their in their, their connection with their sexual self as as a kind of fountain of of, of zest. And uh, they kinda of wanna regain a relationship and see themselves as a whole being and see their sexuality as, um, uh, you know, just one part of them. And, and 
I think that's why most single or married come to see me as they've been kind of shaken uh, somehow, or they, they want to be a better lover and they don't know how. So you think that answer, it's been that they've had negative experiences from either from somebody in the past that has made them feel bad uh, about themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. tell me, with with the married, I mean, we're doing fifty fifty. I'm gonna go back and forth between the married and the single because. But it seems like you're saying that they're kind of the same, the married and the single are the same. But, you know, when you're married, you're you're taught to think, you know, you're going to go off you're into this fantasy, off into the sunset. Things are going to be wonderful. You're never going to look at anybody again. And I just remember being um, in my church and working within a marriage ministry, and a lot of the men used to come up to me and say, well, and I'm not married anymore, but your husband's lucky because you've kept yourself and maintained yourself. Can somebody tell my wife that, you know, she's not looking so sexy anymore? How many stories did you hear like that? Um, I didn't really hear a lot of stories because I really made the story about themselves. And finding out, you know, uh, how they might be keeping themselves, or how uh, you you we kind of live in a blame society where we want to point our fingers at, at everybody else. And, and I just naturally really think when somebody comes in to grow and cultivate their eroticism, they really need to start it inside themselves and see what is it. What's my relationship to myself? My self pleasuring how. How was my attitude or body image? Um, how how can I slow my breath and can I look into someone's eyes? And how do I I up the quotient of how much I can sense in my body? Basically, I teach teach men and women now that come see me a lot how to receive. Boys and girls don't know how to receive. Mm, interesting. You know, it's all about doing and and being active, like talking. They don't know how to listen. They don't know how to sit back. The yin, the woman. To do nothing, receive, and so men are are so interested in the magic bullet and to try something new versus how do they look at their own ability to receive ecstasy, their own breath, their own shuddering, their own terrain of their body. I mean, there's parts of their body that most men haven't even discovered that are truly and deeply erotic, and much more of a woman uh, receiving sense. And I show men uh, their their bodies and help and see it and use it and be with it in a new way. Now, let me just ask, because one of the things, um, there's two things that I've come across, and, you know, I'm a physician, and I've had psychology background and sex training, and so I've seen and heard a lot of stuff. But one of the things that I've noticed is that, first of all, people are highly ashamed of their bodies, number one, and number two, they don't know anything about their body. Um, they barely know anything about their body. Have yeah. you found that in, did you find that with the men that you were servicing? And now I know that you're into being, we'll call it now a sex coach because you're not a call girl at this point or a prostitute at this point. You actually have a, made it into, this is this this woman's an entrepreneur, made this into a truly, probably <laughs> makes less money because of it, but this is a calling. <laughs> <laughs> but did you find that people didn't know about their body and were ashamed about their body? Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, we only use, you know, a tenth of our mind or whatever. Well, we only use a tenth of our body. And uh, and uh, and in my training, and I got a lot of great training through the Body Electric People, the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, became a sexological body worker, et cetera, et cetera. 
And, um, I, I, you know, I, we're just such a shamed culture on sex. We don't even see this ecstatic body that we've been gifted by God, you know, to experience and to feel. Oh, gosh. And, now, you said God and this and the same thing. And I know people are like who are religious and say, how could you say God and prostitute in the same, you know, sentence? Oh, finding <laughs> through God. Absolutely. You know, that's the Tantra way of not shaming the sexuality, but seeing it as a path. I mean, I mean, you know, the Creator made our bodies the way they are, and the most primal life force, of course, is joining them in this juicy, gorgeous, sensual way that we all long for, and yet um, our messages so often are, as you said, negative about our body, and if we feel negative, then that's going to carry into our our partnerships, and it's going to be something we're going to need to relook at and get over if we, in fact, do want to experience them the way they were made to be. Yes. Well, I, I always tell people also, though, you know, I, I do wellness for the real world. This is a real talk that we're having with somebody who is a professional in a, in a lots of different areas. And one thing I tell people, if you don't feel good about yourself, somebody else is not going to feel good about you. But part of feeling good about yourself is, you know, making sure that you take care of your health. Because guess what? Also, sick people, you know, health is beautiful. Beautiful is being healthy. And so when you're picking out what you think is beautiful – I can look at all different types of people. I can look at all different types of men and women, and they can look from different cultures' background. And I pick out people because they look the healthiest. They're not all the same. I'm not picking out for men, you know, you know, the big bodybuilder type or whatever. I notice that I'm attracted to men that are very healthy. Um, and it's interesting mm-hmm. that after I meet them and talk to them, I find out that they're living a really healthy lifestyle. Um, and so one thing that women have to understand is you got to keep yourself healthy. And a lot of times women feel bad about their bodies and then their, 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 their mates, their spouses in your sex life ends up suffering. You heard a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed a guy who was 485 pounds on my big fat greedy child. Listen to that episode. Well, he talked about, I said, how did you have sex to him? He said, well, we didn't have sex because he felt bad about himself. And his wife felt bad about herself, too, when she was 485 pounds. So all kinds of things are entering the bedroom, um, and people need to understand there are, no, yes, people are visual. When you think mm-hmm. about sexuality, it's something that's visual. But the other mm-hmm. thing that people need to do is you need to learn your body. Now, this is 2010, and when you listen to it, it might be past 2010 because we're at the end of the year, okay? There's so many good pieces of information in the bookstore, okay? If you don't want to go buy it, do like everybody else, grab the book, go to the cafe. Now, you know what the problem is with sex books, though, i got to say, Sheila? The problem with sex books is nobody wants to, like, act like they're reading about it. I mean, I feel like I go buy sex books, and I'm the only person in the aisle buying the sex books. Um, well, obviously, somebody else is buying the sex books. Um, but you've got to go. You have to learn. You have to learn about your body. You have to learn about your partner's body. You have to understand that everybody is different. So what worked for the last man may not work for this man. What worked for the last woman may not work for this woman. What works this, and for women especially, what works this week because of our cycles may not work next week. 
because you Uh feel differently and different things work. So now, Uh Sheila, you've gotten into a profession where you're coaching people. Give Uh us some – oh, wait, first. got to ask you this question first. Okay. I just – I always like to live, you know, in that fantasy sea world. If there's a woman out there who's been considering becoming a call girl, becoming – let's call it a prostitute. I hate calling it a prostitute. But I call a spade a spade. But if a woman's out there, I I call myself a sacred prostitute or the sacred whore even. And it's really, you know, men are not connected to their bodies. And it's usually the woman through that conduit actually lets him perceive life in that very, you know, fecund and and organic way. And so I think it's a, a very superior calling, actually. Wow. That's an interesting point of view. But if a woman is interested in doing this, give her some tips of how, where she might go to be able to do it so that she can do it with dignity and with a measure of safety. You know, there is a website I'd like to uh, plug, and it's called Sacred Eros. Sacred Eros. Rose.com. There you'll find probably 80 women and men who take the calling uh, uh, called the new women and men of the light, kind of the uh, the sacred sexual healers. And, and all of us need healing uh, there. We've all been wounded by such negative uh, teaching. And so read through them. If there's a calling for one or two of those, and get, call them up and, and ask them, how do I do this in a safe and consensual way. How do I protect myself from the law? And most women know how to keep themselves healthy. Uh, Some need some coaching on how to keep themselves safe and to use the phone and to make sure that uh, they uh, they take care of themselves. And so I would would go there and find those experienced sensual women who have made it as a science and a study to bring this kind of healing to the world. Yes. Now, interesting also, I mean, you call it healing. And I mean, I think that, you know, God created sex and it's, you know, if you do more of that and watch less TV, you're also going to be in better shape because you're not going to be, we can't eat while you have sex either. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is another thing, and it's exercise in the burst calories. So let's just, you know, I'm going to tell you the way to stay well. Um, and uh-huh. I, I mean, you got to understand that everybody um, is thinking about this. We are meant to do this, and even when we're past the age of creation, creating another life, we yeah, still yeah, have yeah. feelings, and people have sex into their, you know, 80s, 90s, 100, okay? So sex never uh, stops. In, our, in America, yeah. we make it look like it's only for 25-year-olds. That's not true. And I want to finish up talking a little bit about it. What was your experience? You were in your mid-50s when you started doing this. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, younger people who look at this would say, yuck, except that, you know, there's something called a MILF out there. And if you don't know what a MILF is, I can't tell you on this polite radio, but... What did it feel like or what was the response of people dealing with a middle-aged woman? Um, I'm assuming that it was positive. In the whole world is how we can mature into sensuality that really means something. I mean, we would do the best service, Veronica, to tell our young people, oh, you think sex is pretty good now? Just wait. Well, I, look, I you think know, it starts it, at 40. I, I felt like I didn't know yeah. what, it, what felt good until I turned 40. <laughs> 
And, you know, I, I tell you, in my 60s now, I know it's going to be much more outrageous in my 50s, which left way my 40s, 30s, and 20s in the dust. And so it's like what we bring to life and meaning and family and, and the cosmos, we bring right into the bedroom, right through our eyes, right through the pores of our skin, right through the touch of our fingertips. It could it could get deeper and richer. And if your life isn't, well, you got to turn it around so it is, because sex is just part of that, and it will follow right along to the the preciousness you bring to everything. And so, yes, it was so wonderful. Men were so glad they didn't have to be with somebody their daughter's age or whatever, or somebody that could really bring a maturity to it. And yeah. that's what we get now. And, uh, you know, I want to wrap up this section, and I want to wrap up on that because, you know, all joking aside, mature sex is beautiful sex. And if you wonder why there's uh, things going on out there where, you know, people are looking at the little floozy, the little young girl, and those type of guys are usually trying to bring back their own youth. But the people who really are enlightened, the men who really are enlightened, ladies, I want you to know, are the ones that realize that they're going to have the best experience with a woman who knows, a woman who's confident in herself and also is confident in her body and knows her body. And those things tend to come with age. And so women, if you want to be able to be joyous for the rest of your years, you can do that. And there are ways to do that. And I want to also tell you, you can be a professional too. This is about this was this was a career counseling session too. And I want to I want to <laughs> I want to thank you, Sheila, so much for coming on. Um, Sheila is is out there educating the world. Um, there may be other venues you'll see her in, but you you're not going to know you heard her here. <laughs> Oh, I've written, I've written books now. I'm um, going to be getting on some speaking circuits because my my banter is to feel comfortable in your body, to enjoy your body, to share it often, share it in authenticity. Women learn to say yes when you mean yes and no when you mean no and and know that a maybe is a no and, 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 and learn to express what it is. And if you don't know what it is that you want... Begin to experiment and discover truthfully with someone and know you can always change your mind. Thank you so much. Any information you want to get, you can get on our website, drveronica.com. I'm Dr. Veronica, and this is Wellness for the Real World. And guess what? More fun things that we are going to talk about today. I always want to bring you information that is going to be able to change your life. None of this one-day diet stuff, none of this eat oil, none of this wackadoodle way out there type stuff. I want to give you strategies for every day, okay? Now, you know that on the beginning of this show, I told you about a woman who's servicing people's husbands, okay? And you're saying, well, I don't want that to happen to me. Now, you could hate on that woman. You can do that, except that if you didn't let certain things happen in your life, your man wouldn't be out with somebody else. Let's just be clear about this. Men are visual, and this has been since the beginning of time. And so if you are not looking good, you are not going to keep your man. And so you need to be wearing those beautiful underwear. Guess what? When I take off my clothes, there are sometimes I look better under my clothes than I do in my clothes because Victoria's Secrets is my best friend. 
okay? And I also want to tell you why else do I look good under my clothes because let me tell you what I did this morning. I got up at 5.30. I was at the gym at 6 o'clock, and I did a spin class. And then I got on that treadmill, and I ran for an hour. And then I sat down on the mat, and I did my yoga stretching and breathing. So guess what? I did a show before, and you need to go back and listen to this, about married men dating, and more married men are trying to date me than single men. Well, guess what? Do you understand why they're trying to date me? Because I look good, and I am entertaining them. So this is not just about me being at the gym either. I work out, but I also make sure that I am careful what goes into my body. And I tell people, when I make sure what goes into my body, I mean food and I need men, too. I don't put just any man in my body. I put the right food in my body. Energy flows, so I put the right people into my body. So I'm going to introduce a woman to you today that's going to help you not go to wayside where they're going to Sheila the call girl. Frumpy, fat, and forgotten. That's what you don't want to be. I'm going to introduce to you Shanna Ross. Her website is Shanna Ross Fitness. I'm going to tell you a bunch of websites for her because you need to get to this woman. This woman is going to help you. She looks fabulous. I met her, and when I met her and saw her, she's cute, okay? And so your man's going to be looking at her, but you don't want your man looking at her. You want them looking at you. But Shanna doesn't want your man looking at her either. She wants your man looking at you, and she will help you do that. So I'm going to welcome to Wellness for the Real World, Shanna. Welcome, Shanna. Hey, Veronica. How are you? It's so great to be with you. I'm so happy you're here. Um, I just, you know, people look at all the things that happen, and, you know, in in society, basically, we're looking at um, a lot of men that stray. And women are straying these days, too, but a lot of men that stray. And I have a lot of male friends, and my male friends say, you're one of the women who kept it together. And a lot of women aren't keeping it together. And you've run across this. So tell me, you decided that you were going to do this for a particular reason, to help women not be frumpy. Why did you decide to do this? Well, you're exactly right. If if you're not looking your best and, and you're wanting to keep your man or you're wanting to find one, you're you're going to be out of it if you're not looking your best and if you're not feeling your best. I used to be a competitive bodybuilder, and I competed up until the age of 39. Wow. And when <laughs> menopause hit me, the perimenopause in my early 40s, it didn't matter that I was in just absolutely great shape and that I looked good. You said you met me and I looked cute. I was really cute. You know, on, on Prince's, one of his last albums, he has a line in there that says, boy, I was fine back in the day. Well, but you're <laughs> fine now. This woman, you're going to go to her website and you're going to say that she's a cute woman. So don't even, yeah, you're still fine. So, I mean, you were, you may have been something different in the past days. But, I mean, let me just tell you the other thing that I like about you is that you're appropriate for your particular time in life. And so you don't look frumpy, but you're not trying to look like a cheerleader. And that's something that I think is super important for women to understand. It is extremely important. You have to be comfortable in your skin where you are right now. If you are in your 50s, which is where I am, you need to be comfortable there. You need to be happy about all of the knowledge that you've acquired to get you there 
And that confidence shows through. And it is very sexy. Women think that after menopause, they can't be sexy. Well, let me and, just tell you. So you can, I did a show on, you know, why, why women should be cougars. And when you see women like Shanna, you realize why younger men like them. Why younger men like certain types of older women. I mean, I regularly get guys who are 30 and under who approach me um, because I look at the women who are 30 <laughs> and they're already losing it. They are already losing it. So let's talk about, I want to give some strategies um, for not getting this way. So a couple things that you say. Cutting calories will wreck your weight loss. We have these 100-calorie packs. People think that's the way to go, just count the calories. You say, don't do that, that's going to wreck things. Why do you say that? It is going to wreck everything. And, you know, the thing is, I was just watching um, a news program this morning, and their dietician was, all she was talking about was calories, calories, calories. We have to approach food from nutrient density. These 100-calorie snack packs, all of these conveniently uh, portion-controlled, calorie-controlled substances that are out there are junk. They are processed foods, which means that a, a plant somewhere has already taken all of the nutrition out of those things. So when you put them in your body, your body doesn't have to do anything with them. There's no incentive for it to work. There is no boost to the metabolism. And they are usually almost always full of sugar. Yes. In, and, and, and it's the high fructose corn syrup. Yes. And, and that immediately puts your body into fat storage mode. Yes. And now the interesting thing about high fructose corn syrup, because now, you know, the high fructose corn syrup industry is trying to repackage itself, call itself something different to try to fool people. Yeah, corn And guess sugar. what? Guess what? I want people to know that my alma mater, I, I'm an alumni of Princeton University, okay? And at my alma mater, Princeton University, they have done basic science animal research. And in that animal research, I want you to know they, can, they gave rats high fructose corn syrup and sugar, same amount of calories, very controlled environment. You know the rats that ate the high fructose corn syrup are the ones that gained weight, not the ones that ate the plain sugar. So guess what? A lot of times people ask me if you're going to pick you want to have a sweetener, and if you're going to pick a sweetener, what are you going to pick? And I start telling people, you know what, if I have to pick and I know that I want a sweetener, right now I just pick regular sugar if I can't do without it. Why do I do that? All the chemicals and the natural sweeteners, and usually I'm talking, you know, the, the main ones that you have when you go everywhere, Splenda, Equal, Sweet and Low, and then you get sugar most of the time. I'm at the point now where I'm picking the sugar because I'm trying to figure out if I want sweetness, what's the least toxic thing to my body, okay? Best, don't have it at all. High fructose corn syrup, I try to avoid it best I can. Now, let me just tell I'm, I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to tell Shanna a secret, too. I want everybody to know it. I'm a full disclosure person. I don't, I'm not a wackadoodle. I'm not way on the right. I'm not way on the left. I'm going to tell you all I love gummy bears and I love Twizzlers, okay? So I love them. But let me just tell you what I do. I'm not eating gummy bears and Twizzlers morning, noon, and night, okay? And so people need to understand about their diet and nutrition. It's not about depriving yourself. It's about finding what is right for your body. And there's these myths that we have been told, like it's calories, 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 that are making us fat. And so you walk around with your little snack pack of 
Um, I want to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to pick on one co- company, but Chips Ahoy or the Blue Bag, that's why I see it. The Ritz, um, 100-calorie pack, guess what? You're not really doing yourself a big service because you're eating junk. You're not eating real food. And that's one of the problems that is wrecking people with weight loss. Am I right, Shanna? You are so right. And, you know, you you always hear, and people look at me when I tell them this, like I have a, a third eye in the middle of my head, is you have to eat <laughs> to lose weight. Yes. And they just don't get that. Yes, your metabolism <laughs> will slow down. It will. Digestion is activity. It it causes your body to have to do work. You burn burn. Your body burns calories just being there. And the more your body is doing, the more calories it burns. And this is why now, now Shanna's a personal trainer. She does fitness and nutrition coaching. The reason why you want to build muscle, even though you may be heavier when you build muscle, is because you will be trimmer because that muscle is working more with all the food that's going into your body. Yeah, I mean, you, you've you got to have a furnace, right? You have to have a fire. And the more muscle you have, it's like standing over that furnace and just throwing fuel onto it. It gets hotter and hotter. It burns faster and faster. And that's exactly what muscle is. It is those logs throwing them in that furnace and heating that fire up. It's the fire you have to have to continue to live. And the, when we start... Oh, I don't want to sweat. It's it's something that I call the princess syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sweat. I don't like to sweat. I want to go out with the girls, and I want to have some wine and some nice bread and some pasta. Well, you know what? Knock yourself out. Have a great time and do that. And it will be going, your husband will be going to Sheila the escort. <laughs> he is going to be finding that number and dialing those digits just as fast as he can. And guess what? I might give him the number because I think he deserves to be treated better than that. So y'all better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you know? talk about seven habits of highly healthy women. What are, you don't have to give us all seven, but tell me some of the habits of highly healthy women. Well, the first one is, you have to eat protein. Absolutely. And most women stop doing that because they hear from all the nutritionists on television, protein has so many calories. You know, it, 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 it's so calorie dense. You really have to watch the amount of servings. And that's ridiculous. Protein is very dense and it's very complicated for your body to break it down. For every 100 calories of protein a person eats, the body has to expend about 25 calories just to digest it. Okay, so now tell us about, like, um, carbohydrates versus fat. Can you give us some numbers on how many calories it takes to burn those? Uh, Carbohydrates are about 10. Okay. For every 100. Okay. It takes about 10. Fat is the lowest. It takes about five calories for every 100 calories of fat you bring in. But here's the deal with fat. Now, we're talking the good fats. We talk about good fat, bad fat. I'm not going to assume that anybody knows anything. When you're talking about good fat versus bad fat, before you say here's the deal with fat, define what is a good fat and what is a bad fat. It's the, it's, it's the great oils like olive oil, coconut oil, flax. And then we're talking about foods like avocados, nuts, seeds, the butters made from those nuts, almond butter, tahini, sesame butter. 
I mean, these are all things that taste really, really good. And, and now you hear it. Now, I, I want to just point out as we're talking about fat that we've been taught in the in this country to not to shun fat. And so people aren't wanting to eat avocados, aren't wanting to eat nuts. And I, I got to tell you, I was a person who I struggled with my weight for a time trying to figure out what the right thing is. And then when I noticed I started eating the things that they told me not to eat, like nuts, like avocados. Um, I have olive oil almost every day. Um, those I, Now, all of a sudden, it's not difficult. It is easy for me to maintain where I am. Have you found that with your clients? Oh, yes. Once I finally get them to do it and to understand <laughs> it, it makes an enormous difference. And the first thing I tell them is, Look at me. Look at you. My diet is anywhere from 50 to 52 percent um, of its intake daily from fat. Yes. Now, from uh, my you know. Now, let me just tell you another thing. I, I, I'm a I'm an MD. I'm a medical trained, you know, MD. Um, I've had people tell me, "Oh my God, it's so refreshing to have a doctor that knows something about nutrition." Most doctors do not. And so folks, be careful about listening to your doctor and be careful about the dietitians they send you to because a lot of the dietitians they send you to are these little skinny girls who've only eaten salad all the time and that's what they're going to tell you to do. And guess what? You're going to fail doing it the way they tell you to do. And they haven't a clue because they've never been there. Okay? And they've been taught with this gospel of don't eat fat, okay? Um and and don't eat protein. And guess what? I know the man died, and there's lots of controversy about it, but Atkins was one of the pioneers of talking about this type of stuff. Now, there needs to be some modifications made in that system, but if you look at eating plans that we're telling you to do, a lot of them are close to the what you know most people. I'm t- talking about things that people know in the popular press. A Atkins type plan. It's high in fat. It's high in protein. He's telling you eat as much fat as you can. Now we're saying eat these things, but don't just eat every fat. Be selective in the type of fat that you're eating because there's good fat and bad fat. I want to get back to the good fat and bad fat. So when you're talking about, you said here's the deal about fat. What do people need to know about fat that's important? Well, they have to know, they have to pick the better sources of it like we talked about. Um, people hear fat and they think, oh, man, I'm going to go out and I'm going to eat all the bacon that I want to eat. I'm going to eat all the <laughs> cheese that I want to eat, all of the dairy products. Those aren't the best choices. You really have to stick to that very narrow band of the good oils, the nuts, the seeds, things like avocados. Um, eggs are one of the, the perfect, most perfect sources of protein and fat combined. And we're talking about the whole egg. Yeah. You know, put the yolk in there. Don't be afraid of it. But you can't go on a, ta- on a tangent and, and eat all of these sausages with all of these nitrates, nitrites, um, ice cream. You know, come on, guys. You, you know, you, you've got to use that common sense. 
you know that those things aren't good for you. Well, I'm going to say common sense is not so common, I've found. We are on Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. I'm interviewing Shanna Ross. She is The Frump Fixer. Her website is thefrumpfixer.com. Also, Shanna Ross fitness.com. If you want to get any of the information, you know you can go to my website, drveronica.com. You're going to get the download. You're going to get to see what Shanna looks like. You're going to get to go to her website. You're going to get other good information about wellness for the real world because I want people to be able to maintain their lifestyle. If you can't maintain it and if it's not fun, you are not going to do it. And people like Shanna help us maintain our life. Other habits, Shanna, of healthy, highly healthy women. Give us some more. Well, they do more than just walk. And that is a huge myth. And you hear it all the time. Walk away the pounds. All you have to do is walk 30 minutes a day. Uh, Yeah, well. (laughs) That's not enough. It just simply isn't enough. We are a sedentary society. We take in more food, uh, more fuel than we need. We go to work and we sit well first. We get in our car to drive to work to sit down. Then we get back in the car and we drive to a gym, hopefully, and typically we sit down on a piece of machinery to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go home and we sit down to have dinner and then we sit down to to watch television. And you think that squeezing in a 30-minute walk in there somewhere is is going to do it? It's not. So tell us, you're, you're a personal trainer, tell people how much exercise do you really need? Try to give us something that people can grasp onto. You have to sweat at least three times a week. For how long? For at least 30 minutes. Okay. So now, now let me just tell you, I think that's little bit because that, that's going to maintain you where you are, I think. Okay. So based what, on it. You, you have to do that. <laughs> and then the other days, you have to be active. So you need to be doing some sort of activity at least six days a week. But on those three days that I'm saying you have to sweat, I'm talking that for those 30 minutes, you are doing high-intensity compound exercises that work the full body. They challenge not only your muscular system, but your cardiovascular system at the same time. Yahoo. I agree. And there's a specific way you have to design those workouts. Now, we're not going to get into that just because right. you know, we're getting into the high-end trainer type stuff, but we're talking for people, if you're just going to get started, if you're not doing anything at all, start with getting that 30 minutes a day of sweating three times a week plus doing other activity in between. I'm saying if you're not doing anything at all. For people who are doing that already, there's other formulas and you've got to figure out what's going to work for you. And that's when it is a good idea to get a consultation with a personal trainer. And people say, well, I can't afford a person. Get a consultation. People like Shanna will do consultations for you, which are not very costly. And you don't necessarily even have to stay with them all the time because we know dollars are tight these days. But let me say something about tight dollars. Sick people are poor. Fat people are sick. And so if you want to invest in yourself, you need to spend the dollars going to somebody like Shanna Ross or somebody in your area on yourself rather than going and taking yourself to a fast food restaurant. Okay. And so my thing is, if you care, you're going to find the money. Okay. So I don't want to hear the, I don't have the money excuse. 
okay, because that is just what it is. It's excuse-itis, then there's the blame-itis, all right? Oh, uh, you know, I don't have time to walk on Excuses and blame aren't going to work. If you want to be an excuse to the blame, your husband is going to be sleeping, trying to date me, okay? And let me just tell you how many married men try to date me again. Okay, more than single men. And when I talk to my other single friends, they have the same type of experience. You want to be hating on us, but we're not the ones soliciting us. The men are. Okay, so now let let me ask you some um, other things, Shanna. What are the kind of things that you do for people? Because frumpy is a little bit more than just weight. I mean, I, I can see the woman in her little jacket and her funny stretch pants you know, with her bow tie blouse underneath and her butt's really gigantic <laughs> with, you know, the old fashioned sort of shoulder length hair that flips up a little bit. I mean, I, the perfect frumpy, did I describe the perfect frumpy woman? And, you, you know, I'm African-American, but the black women, women who are frumpy look the same as the white women who are frumpy, look the same as the Hispanic women who are frumpy, look the same as the Asian women who are frumpy. Frumpy is frumpy around the world. Okay? It is. So besides fixing, trying to get people to become more trim. What other type of things do you help them do to fix their frump? Well, it is amazing how much they start fixing it themselves when they start getting energy back into their bodies. All of a sudden, they want to go out. They don't want to just stay at home. It's a transformation that you can start seeing in the eyes. And they start becoming hungry for more interaction because they've shut themselves off for so long. Because the one thing I hear more than anything, which just hurts my heart when I hear it, is women come to me and they say, I'm invisible in my own home. You know, my husbands don't pay attention to me anymore. My kids don't, don't acknowledge that I'm there anymore. But once they start feeling that vitality and that energy return, when they start putting good food into their bodies, the transformation is amazing. And let me just, I want to mention something about that. I've focused on husbands and how they feel. But if you've ever talked to a kid or an adult who's had somebody in their family who was overweight or ill, okay, when they're kids, they're not going to say anything. But as they grow up, they will talk about this. So you've heard people on my toe talk about their parents who, um, you know, on, my, on the show, The Big Fat Greedy Child, they talk about their parents and how they were embarrassed about their obese parents. Um, so just know that if you think your kids think, oh, I, I love mommy anyway, they do. They do love you. But guess what? You know, when, when my, my, my son's a freshman in, in, in college, and when he has to say, watch it, don't be looking at my mama this way to his friends, it kind of makes him feel good that people think that his mama is flying hot, <laughs> okay? So, and not inappropriate, I mean, I, I, I stay away from them because, you know, when I say I'm a cougar, I, I'm not that kind of cougar, okay? I want, you, I want you to know that, okay? I'm very careful to draw that line and stay away from, and there's some women who don't. I mean, we got all kinds of things happening in this world today. I'm not that kind of woman. I'm the kind of woman I'm appropriate, but your kids will feel good about you and want you to be around even more if they feel like, one, you can move with them, two, guess what, I'm texting and Facebooking and Twittering with them. We're not buddies in the way that I'm their friend and going to do drugs with them or something like that, but I'm into where they are. They know where I am. Yes, I'm mom, 
And yes, I do those other things that fat mom does, but they really want me to be around. They really want me to be part of their life. And I will challenge you out there. Women, if you think that I'm being, you know, fat, frumpy mom and this is what I'm supposed to do, go out there and feel good about yourself. And I bet you your relationship with your children will improve. It will. It, it will improve tenfold. If, if you start feeling great and you start having good energy, guess what? You're, you're, you're going to want to go, well, say to me, people love, love my haircut. Yeah, I, I wear my hair short and sassy. It's cute. <laughs> and, and they'll come up to me and go, who cuts your hair? And I'll send them. You know, where did you get that outfit? And I'll send them. And they start transforming themselves. And it is the most gratifying thing in the world to watch. But it all starts in their kitchen. If you're not feeding yourself the good stuff, you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to have energy. You're not going to have the vitality of a younger woman. You're not going to want to work out. There's just absolutely no way at all you're going to want to work out. That's one of the biggest mistakes women make is, okay, I'm going to lose weight. So the first thing they do is they go and join the gym. The first thing you have to do is get in your kitchen, get in that refrigerator, get in that pantry, throw the junk out. And this is something I do for my clients. I, I call it the kitchen exorcist. I go into their homes and we clean it out. And then we go to the grocery store and we buy the good stuff and they learn to read the labels and to know what they need to stock in there. And that's where it starts. And yeah. it has to start there. Now, we have a couple minutes left. And I just want to this is I, I want to give you the black woman myth that Shanna talks about. Let me tell you what it is. I'm big, bold, and beautiful, and I like it that way. You remember Monique talking mm-hmm. like that? I'm yep. big, bold, and this is what black women say. What do you say to that, Shanna? Get off the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, you always hear it. you got to have junk in the trunk, you know, especially black men. You know, they, they say they like the badunk, the, the badunkadunk. <laughs> If you're carrying all of that around, that madunkadunk has a a big, big, big effect on the heart. Well, and it has a big, big, big effect on the sex life, too, by the Mm -hmm. way. Okay. So, I mean, this this is something that um, I, I just think, and you're down there in Texas, and in Texas, you know, they're known for big everything, okay? Everybody has badunkadunk. Everybody's got badunkadunk, okay? So I know this is not just a black woman problem, but let me just tell you, statistically, 80% of black women are overweight. So that's why I always mention it. And it's taboo. It's taboo to talk that Oprah's fat and that, um, you know, Precious is fat and that Monique's fat. It's, it's, it's you know, taboo to mention the, the big effing elephant in the room okay mm-hmm. you're fat okay and please come out and just admit it if you like being fat that's fine but don't just try to say that you're you're healthy and all that other type of stuff because guess what and let me just tell you know the statistics again i hammered this in the number one association with the 50 top degree diseases in this country is excess weight and obesity Okay, so I keep hammering at home, but guess what? Why did I have Shanna on the show? I had Shanna on the show because I want you to know that there are people out there that can help you choose differently because it's all about choice, but it's all about the choice that you make to realize that you need to make a different choice. 
Okay. And so another thing that I say, Shanna, and you can talk about this. I mean, I was attracted to Shanna. I didn't know what she did because the type of friends that you hang around with are going to determine what your health status is. And so guess what? My best friends are Miss Yoga, who I met doing a marathon, and she's a yoga teacher, and Miss at the gym, who we met and we go, we sit out and we eat little bits of sushi and things like that. These are the people that are my best friends. So folks, you need to meet Shanna Roth. Go to ShannaRothFitness.com. Shanna, you are the front fixer. I think that's a great thing. Keep on, keep on doing it. And is there anything last that you'd like to say to our audience? No excuses. Stop making them. Get up off the couch. Throw away the Cheetos. And let's do it. I mean, you've got to start it now. The excuses are done. Thank you so much, Shanna. ShannaRawsFitness.com, TheFrontFixer.com. This is Dr. Veronica on Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. You can go to my website, drveronica.com. You always know I'm going to have something interesting coming up, so please always tune into my next show, Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. For more on today's topics, to listen to past shows, and for lots more about Dr. Veronica, please join us on the web at www.drveronica.com. And be sure to join us again next week for another new show here on Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica.